Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Rhino Podcast, brought to you by Rhino Records. Interviews with your favorite artists and bands about the songs and albums you love. Here's your host, Rich Mayhan. On this episode of the Rhino Podcast, Robert DeLeo and Jeff Goot from Stone Temple Pilots talk about their new album, Perdita. Hey friends, I'm sure that most of you have heard us talk about Rhino Insider by now, and maybe some of you haven't, maybe some of you haven't signed up yet, but Rhino Insider is our loyalty program for music fans in the United States. If you're 18 or over, you can sign up for free, and you can earn points by participating in activities and connecting with us online. You can then use your points to redeem for rewards, and you can get all kinds of great stuff, including turntables, vinyl, box sets, cool rhino swag and apparel, exclusive content, discounts on music, and so much more. It's easy. Sign up at rhinoinsider.com. You'll get an email asking you to confirm. Once that's done, you can start earning points and you can engage with Rhino on social media. Tell us what kind of music you love. Read articles on rhino.com. Listen to Rhino podcasts like this one. Watch videos, and or if you're just going to buy something, you get points for that too. So anyway, get the points for the time you're already spending with us. Get the credit you deserve. Sign up at rhinoinsider.com. Well, friends, as I mentioned before earlier, on this episode of the Rhino Podcast, we have Robert DeLeo and vocalist Jeff Goot from Stone Temple Pilots talking about their new album, Perdita. Perdita is a collection of 10 new songs. It's mostly acoustic, and its subject matter is all too poignant, given the current circumstances we all find ourselves in. The pandemic hit after this interview, and so the talk about touring now seems a little bit out of place and fanciful. But as you'll hear, even before we all went on lockdown, the band was faced with having to amend their touring plans for this new album for other reasons. The approach the band took to recording Perdita presents their unique songwriting styles in a different light that lets these 10 songs sink in in a softer, more subtle way. On Perdita, Gone is the sledgehammer heavy rock that we love about so many STP anthems, and instead it's replaced by a more conversational approach that allows the songs on Perdita to worm their way into your head. So as the YouTubers say, without further ado, let's get right to it. I 
Robert DeLeo, Jeff Goot, welcome to the Rhino Podcast. Well, thank you. Gracias. Congratulations on the new album, Perdida. Really like this album a lot. It's got a great vibe to it. Different feel than a lot of your other records, obviously because it's acoustic. But did it feel different to you when you were writing it? No, it's, it's pretty much the same process of writing. It was just a decision to keep those songs in that format and in that place. Usually when you write a song, you can uh, take it to many different places. But I think it just felt uh, most appropriate to kind of uh, keep these songs and the sentiments of these songs in, in this place. In its purest form. In its purest form. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, this is your second album, Jeff, with the band. Yes. Uh, for folks that haven't heard the story, why don't you guys tell us about how you joined? Ooh. Um, well, they had put out a, a singer search online thing and invited the entire world to participate. But uh, I, was, uh, I was actually going overseas to do something else at the time. So I just kind of figured they were going to find the right guy and it was going to be perfect. And Yeah. And then I came back and they still hadn't found anyone. I hadn't heard anything about it. So I was like, huh, I wonder if they found anyone. So um, I started calling friends from New York and sent a guy out to meet Robert and <laughs> had a show in Detroit and uh, uh, just <laughs> as many ways I could get my, get my, get my foot in the door there. And then um, the next thing I know, I got a phone call and I came down and, and uh, auditioned for the band. Uh, I think there were, was that 606? Yes. Studio. And um, <laughs> I think a year and a half later, <laughs> it took a, it took a long time, you know, getting to know each other and uh, writing process and, that first record was made during basically during my audition process, so um, most of it wow. was recorded during that. So uh, this is my first first one with with uh, the freedom of being the singer. Very cool, Robert. You guys have had such success with acoustic performances in the past. How come you guys hadn't made an acoustic album before this? You know, I I, I ask myself that, but I think it just wasn't the right time. That you know, the train was kind of rolling and then stopping and rolling, and I don't think the focus there. I was there to, to, to actually do it. You know, to keep songs in this format, it, it, it takes some discipline to kind of keep it there and make that work. It just felt like with what we were all kind of experiencing, at least what I was experiencing in life lately, I think it was a good time to kind of document those songs in that form. You know, it just felt, felt, uh, felt like a right time to do it. Yeah. You guys have worked with uh, Brendan O'Brien, other great producers, Don was. But you produced Perdita on your own. How is it different working as your own producer? This is, uh, I think, the fourth record we've produced ourselves. And, you know, you, you kind of have to put your place in the position of a listener. There's a certain amount of ego that goes along with songs that you write. And if there's no one there to really, or you're not there for yourself to kind of uh, put a cap on some things, I think... Um, it gets a little indulgent. And I think you just need to, um, you know, we've been doing it long enough where we've learned so much, especially from Brendan O'Brien. I mean, uh, you know, making records with him was, was kind of like, uh, you know, going to school. He was a great, right. te great teacher. I think we really learned uh, what to do and what not to do. I'm really thankful for that. Are you at the point when you produce yourself now that you're able to move more quickly since you're by yourself working on it? Well, working with Brendan was very very quickly done he uh you know it's sometimes nice to have that person that you have to put a lot of trust into and brendan was the you know i i, I recall those sessions and everything as being 
one of trust, you know, and, and, and respect. And uh, when you have someone like that, you know, looking over you, that discipline hopefully rubs off and you uh, can self-produce and self-monitor yourself. Like I said, I feel thankful for that. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about the album's title, Perdita, and what it means, how it relates to the lyrical content of the songs. Uh, well, Perdita means loss, and it just kind of encapsulates the theme of the record, I, I guess. The more the personal side of, of losing loved ones or, or, or missing loved ones or... Uh, finding loved ones and you know just all the things that you go through in your life and different situations that different people in the band were in so it was it was just you know it's kind of more of a therapy session than anything for ourselves <laughs> you know just yeah. getting in there and getting in there and getting to getting to let some things out that that, that I've had in, inside of me for a long time so uh you know it was just it was good to to, to go to that place and, and and put the raw nerve out there and and hopefully people can relate to that you know well, I really enjoyed listening to it. Thank you. The vibes that you guys captured, I really felt it listening to it. Right on. That Thank you. It means a lot. Yeah. You guys have said that you recorded this using a lot of vintage instruments. Did that help convey the feeling of the songs, using those different instruments that maybe you would usually use? I think so. I think as a listener of music, I appreciate the tonalities of different, and just the character of uh, different uh, instruments, especially acoustic ones. They have their own personality. I like to, I think we all like to incorporate those into the music. Not only that, but the, the, the microphones and everything we kind of chose were old, uh, you know, ribbon microphones that kind of oh, very cool. gave it that smoother, you know. Velvety touch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's really, hopefully that, uh, you know, to me, there's nothing like sitting down and listening to a nice old Burt Bacharach record or something. You know, it's it just, it's just, it's like a, it's like a, a warm silk blanket, you know? They've, they've got a vibe. They've got a vibe. They've got a vibe. Yeah. And uh, that's how I like to enjoy recording our music. Is, is I'm, I'm, I'm always a fan of music. I went and saw and met Herb Albert uh, for the oh, no first, first time. And, uh, you know, he's 85 and, you know, he, he literally raised me. You know, it's, he's one of those people that I thank for raising me because his music the wrecking crew and all the guys that were involved in those records they stand the test of time and they were the really the you know the milk in my musical bottle when i was little and uh you know yeah so yeah hal blaine a master hal blaine yeah, yeah master absolutely well talk about how you guys recorded the record and robert you played so many different instruments on this record do you guys like to track and get a basic track together and add to that? or Yes. Does it change song to song? Well, whatever the song calls for, but we try to get as much as the main stuff together for a vibe. You know, it's, it's one of those things where, should we do a click? Should we not do a click? And we're like, you know, the drummer keeps the time. Let's not use a click. <laughs> it's like, right. Plus, it's we, of, we record with acoustic instruments that click. It can be your, yeah. <laughs> your nemesis. Yeah. I can hear it. I swear I can hear it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. You, and you're up at night swearing you can hear it. Well, yeah, right. there's always that point where you're playing and you go, is the click slowing down? <laughs> <laughs> well, ultimately, if it feels right, it is right. That's right. That's, that's yeah. right. And it was really about feel. It was about feel. And, uh, you know, our music always has. And, and I mentioned Brendan again. You know, we, we recorded all our records, you know, live to two-inch tape. You know, that's, uh, that's how we started. And we still enjoy doing live, you know. 
Right. And you recorded a lot of this at your drummer Eric's studio in Pasadena. Yes. Does he have a Pro Tools setup, or does he have tape there as well? Well, he has Pro Tools, but uh, to to combat that that digital uh, thing, you know, we you know I, I get pretty geeky about it. I use uh, flat wound acoustic strings on my acoustics, so they're oh, wow. they're not real boinky and and springy. And with those and ribbon mics, you kind of um, get that feeling of tape, but you have the modern approach of being able to go quicker with Pro Tools. I personally have a tape machine at my studio. I enjoy tracking, especially drums. There's something about drums on tape, the saturation of tape, that uh, really kind of holds up to me. I, I, I love it. Well, you mentioned older records. That's what you're used to hearing. Absolutely. Absolutely. All those records, they're my Bible, you know? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Well, when you guys write, I know Robert, you write a lot of the music, and Jeff, you wrote a lot of the lyrics. Do you hand off a melody to Jeff, Robert, or how do you guys work together? I do. I normally well, when some I some songs you, you had a whole part like um, was Miles Away. You had that whole chorus part, yeah, and like the beginning of uh, Fare Thee Well, and yeah, all that. Like he'll come in with like with definitely some uh, some things there. Or some some things are just a just a song name, you know, and then we just go kind of go from there. But yeah, he, he'll have a melody for sure most of the time. Usually, when I write a, a chord structure, I'll, something will come to me. It's so it always has, you know. It's kind of a process of writing, you know. And then uh, right. it's always a thrill to hand off to a singer and Jeff, especially just uh, you know being able to complete that vision that you're kind of hearing and seeing, you know. I think sometimes it's easier to work with somebody else after you've maybe hit a wall, you've got a good chorus, a good verse, and you can hand it to somebody else who puts a little gas in the tank. Yes. I equate it to painting and, you know, how do you know what color to put where and when is it finished and all those things. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Miles Away. That one has a really cool kind of gypsy sway, three-quarter time feel to it. The fiddle that's in there really adds to it, too. What influenced the feel of that song? Um, you know, loneliness. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, a lot of those songs for me came from uh, uh, being on a tour in Canada in the wintertime. We were playing a lot of um, hockey rinks, and uh, it was very cold and dark and cement and no windows. And I think I was kind of forced to um, grab an acoustic and um, start writing. I think that's where we kind of both got together on those songs, Jeff. Yeah. Right? A lot of time spent in the shower with the acoustics. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> spent a lot of time in the shower together. Clothed with the water off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Great reverb, though. We talked about instruments a little bit ago, and on that song and on She's My Queen, you play an instrument called a marxophone. Yes. What is a marxophone? A uh, marxophone, I, from what I understand, it was sold door to door in the 20s and then the teens, and I picked one up. It's kind of a, a combination between a, a zither and a hammered dulcimer, so it's got... Uh, it's been used on some tracks by The Doors and Love and Spoonful and... It's always been a, a great little texture in, in songs. It's an interesting instrument. I don't think I really 
play it properly. It's got bass strings and it's got uh, strings that you hammer. But sometimes when you just pick it and put reverb on it, it's a certain tone that gives a kind of a, I don't know, kind of a Persian feel to me. It's just this uh, beautiful sound that comes out of it. I've used it in, used it in She's My Queen after the first, uh, the first lyric that comes in. It kind of does a... Yeah. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful instrument. Beautiful sounding instrument. She's my queen Just like a dream I could see her She was meant for me Now I need her She's my song A melody Where did you find it? You know, I, I found it on uh, eBay. <laughs> or, I mean, it, you know, you, you, just, you just go to the place that has the most of everything and you just go, uh, you know, weird instruments. And you, yeah, exactly. You know, and, it, and stuff comes up. You're like, oh, that looks pretty cool. I could use that. I mean, the more the merrier, you know, the more the merrier. Um, I found, uh, you know, electrified kazoos on there that sound really cool with, through an amp with a Wawa on it. You know? Oh wow! Yeah, so just stuff like that, electric kazoos and marxophones and slide whistles and and I was fascinated with world instruments, different kinds of instruments. Fared you well is the first track on the record. It's the current single. You guys are in the top forty. Congratulations! Well, thank you. Yeah, this song definitely sets the tone for the record. Acoustic opening by itself, and then the lyrics hit you, and you immediately get the first vibe of the record. I kind of heard a George Harrison influence in this one, and yeah, you know, George, George. Um, I personally don't think you could really tell George Harrison's personality and writing, and until he, you know, made All Things Must Pass, and you listen to that record, and you you see the the beauty in his writing. He's one of those people that always there's a there's always an underlying thing of of I wouldn't say the Beatles but but of George for sure absolutely I capoed that guitar up on the fifth fret too so it might have had a a certain tonality that you know reminds you of something sonically you know yeah I think George liked capos too yes. Perdita, the title track of the record, it has perfect reverb on the nylon string guitar intro. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just absolutely perfect. You can mm. dial it in any better. Thank you. But that nylon string really sets a tone for this kind of Spanish, almost flamenco vibe. Yeah. Is that the one you have right now? Yeah, I actually have... Uh... <laughs> he has it on his lap right now. You have the same guitar? He has the same guitar on his lap right now, yeah. How's the, re just... how, how's the reverb? <laughs> Not as good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think one of the things I wanted to do production-wise is is just have one reverb, one knob, 
one knob and just say more or less. And uh, we picked a, 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 a nice reverb um, and just went with that. And that's kind of what the record is, is just uh, kind of old school, like more or less. And, uh, you know, just the right mix of it, you know, I think was was important to get that vibe that we were looking for. I think the production on this record is fantastic in the sense that it stays out of the way of the songs, but allows them to be conveyed in the best way to be absorbed and understood. Oh, thank you. That means a lot because that was a thought process of doing that. And uh, that means a lot to me because uh, I think there's a certain feel that a nice, warm, rich reverb can add to a, an instrument or a piece of music. Well, there's, you know, that sense of space when you listen to music in a room or a live venue. Yeah. Being able to get the right space on a record is not an easy task. Right, right. Yes. Let's talk about years. Robert, this is the song on the record that you sing lead on. I do. That's the first time <laughs> I've actually <laughs> yep. attempted to do that. Yes. <laughs> this song has a really cool fade in. And... You don't hear that all the time, and I can't remember the last time I heard a song that had a fade in. Yeah, it just felt like uh, you know, I, I, you know, sometimes when you play chords together, you you kind of want to hear them over and over. And I, uh, I just I I started. That's how it started. It started with. I just wanted to play that over and over. <laughs> yeah. Forever. <So>. Forever. <laughs> there's certain there's certain uh, chords to me that can really hit a hit a soft spot inside your soul, you know, and uh, I always felt that way from a, a little kid, you know, there were certain chords that wasn't about solos for me when I was playing guitar. It was about chords and melody. That's kind of where that song lies or was trying to lie. Some of the harmonies at the end remind me kind of that late 60s period uh, Beach Boys. Yeah, there's no way around that for me. Those were the first those were the first 45s I put on and started playing when I was a little kid. I had I was the youngest in the family, so when I was 5 years old, I was I was uh, spinning the original Capital 45s of I get around and let them run wild and you know, <laughs> those those songs I'm so thankful that those were the first records that I picked up and started playing because it kind of all it laid it all out it laid out it laid it out melodically and it laid it out song wise writing and and you know i i, I think the world of brian wilson i think he's really one of the greatest writers oh, without a doubt yeah well in the outro on that one too of course you got that great 
alto saxophone solo on a really nice long fade. Yeah, mm. good call on that. I was listening to that yesterday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I think I think what's really a cool thing is to be able to. It's really rewarding when you you start incorporating instruments that you really love into your music and that's something that i've always tried to do in the past with trumpet or oboe and and uh violin and you know i have a i have a great love for uh for paul desmond i was really just trying to get that feeling of um we got a gentleman in by the name of chris speed and chris played that solo and he captured a real nice vibe there on that that outro i i, I said just get, get, let, just keep it going just go just go <laughs> You know, and just a, a long fade because it was so beautiful what he was playing. Yeah, it was. I didn't want it to end. Yeah, and I, I was happy that it went on for a while. Beautiful, beautiful playing. thought was put into the order when you consider the lyrical material and, and the way you wanted it flow and the story you wanted to tell? I think it's always been an important thing to, to us with every record we've done from the beginning. Um, we've always discussed, I think that's really what makes the journey a, a long, beautiful one is, is getting the, the right feel and the right key of, uh, keys of the songs and that all that really goes hand in hand. That's one of those things that we've always paid attention to and been very attentive to is the the keys of the songs and how they end and where they begin and and it it makes it it makes the journey really pretty delightful to to when you get that right. Yeah, I remember following along with lyrics and records and just you know sure. immersing myself in a dreamland. It's basically sure how I approached it. Yeah, yeah, that's always been very important. Well, the album ends with sunburst. It ends kind of on an upbeat note with the track, but after the song ends. There's a short coda performed by a string quartet. What does this coda signify for the album? That end string thing is actually the... Uh, we, we pulled that from the second uh, verse, or the second chorus of Perdita. So that is actually the string part that's in the second chorus of the song Perdita. Oh, very cool. And we just took that out, extracted that, and put it at the end to kind of signify this is the end of the journey. And... Uh, it ends with the. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's so beautiful. I I tracked that at my studio actually. I actually uh, I tracked a, a a wonderful violinist who's a friend of mine uh, named Yu Yutong Sharp. She's Chinese and just an amazing person, an amazing uh, violinist. And uh, she got a couple of her friends. She got a cello friend and a viola friend, and uh, we tracked uh, the three of them. And then we. Uh, overdubbed it eight times over. Wow. So it created it created that just from three people playing that. So it's like Queen, but yeah, instead yes. of vocal strings. Yes, it's amazing what you can do when you multitrack. <laughs> <laughs>
you guys recently had to cancel the tour for Perdita. What happened there? Uh, yeah. I'd been <laughs> <laughs> I'd been dealing with a bulging disc for a while and kept getting uh, shots to uh, carry on. Uh, so it's been it's been it's been going on for a couple of years and just kind of it was time to uh, I didn't really have a choice. <laughs> it was uh, it's one of those things that just happened. Put it off as long as you could. Yeah, yeah. How are you feeling now? I'm good. I'm good. I'm it's a little slow, but I'll be 100 percent soon ish. It's amazing when you go up and perform and put everything you have into a show and you're jumping around and you can do that, but then you go into rehearsal and sit down <laughs> on a stool for about four hours and you realize that's what really hurts when you're sitting oh, down. Yeah, man. Oh. And it's that? funny, Grace Slick said she could go out on stage hungover, feeling like she was going to die, but as soon as the music started and she started singing, she felt great. I've done it. Right. I've done it. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, it's the, the power of the power of song, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Music is really powerful. Absolutely. Well, you guys are hitting the road after Jeff heals up and you're starting out with an Australian tour with Live and Bush, right? Yes. Yes, we are. How long is that gonna last? I think it's three and a half weeks, yeah. Something Jeff? like that. Yeah. Yeah. Some rose tattoo kicking in there too. Oh cool. Well, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah, great. yeah. 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 And then this summer doing US with Nickelback. Yes, that's a long one. That's a long one, yeah. That's, that's a, a long, long one. But it'll I'll see be... you when you come to Nashville. Oh, great. Yeah. It'll be nice because we've been, uh, I think we've been working harder than we've ever worked before. And I think, um, you know, when you're doing six shows a night, two hours a night. Um, six shows a week. Six shows a week, I'm sorry. Six shows a week, <laughs> two hours a night. Um, it's it's uh, it's It's going to be nice to get at a little different pace here over the summer and uh, enjoy the surroundings a little bit, you know? Yeah. Any plans to reschedule the acoustic Perdita tour? Yes, for sure. We plan on it, yes. Yes. Yeah, I'd love to hear these songs live. Yeah, me and too. The actual musicians <laughs> and it's just gonna, it'll be a great thing, a great uh, moment to be able to present these in, in, their, in their true form, you know? It's gonna be hard, you know, it's hard to go out and and do an hour set where you got to fill so many STP songs into a set and, and somehow fit one of these in there. So I think we'll, we'll, have, we'll save it for its own special occasion. Robert DeLeo and Jeff Goot, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. Thank really you appreciate kind. it. Thank Th you. Thanks for having us. Thanks again to Jeff Goot and Robert DeLeo from Stone Temple Pilots for spending time with us for this episode of the Rhino Podcast, talking about their new album, Perdita. It's in stores now. It's out available. Stream it. You're going to love it. It's got a great laid-back 70s vibe, all kinds of great influences you can pick up on. It's really a fun lesson. Check out their website to see when their rescheduled tour dates are going to be, and don't forget to sign up for Rhino Insider if you haven't already. That's at rhinoinsider.com. And make sure to visit rhino.com and check out all the great content and music we have for you there. Take care. Thanks very much for tuning in. 
Don't forget to listen and subscribe on iTunes so you don't miss the next Rhino podcast. Executive producer for Rhino Entertainment, John Hughes. Produced for Rhino Entertainment by Rich Mayhem Promotions. All rights reserved.